Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Big problems in the Big Ten. Paul Feinbaum will be here in 10 minutes to discuss our weekly guest. So let's just break this down for the fellas real quick. In case you watched the game last night, didn't really hear what happened and all the controversy that is seeping out now. The Bears lost a game that hardly seems the biggest of their problems at the moment. Brian Greasy on the call for ESPN's Monday Night Football, former quarterback himself, essentially communicating a story that Nick Foles told him when they got together with Foles prior to the broadcast, essentially saying sometimes, believe it or not, the Bears starting quarterback and his head coach, who is also the play caller, sometimes, you know, we're just not on the same page. We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in, and I know that I don't have time to execute that play call. And, you know, I'm the one out here getting hit. Sometimes the the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he doesn't know how much time there is back here, and so that's something that they have to get worked out. What? I will say Nagy was asked about it after the game and Mm. essentially said, look, not a big deal. You'll have to ask Nick about it. We're fine. Foles now... For his part, listen to this. Foles essentially said, look, I talked to these guys all the time before the game. Yeah, it was QB to QB. But on this particular exchange, we definitely weren't on the same page, me and Brian Greasy. That was definitely a miscommunication with Brian and I. Um, you know, we do these pregame um, conversations the day before the game just to give them information. Um, that conversation, uh, Coach Nagy and I have a great great conversation on the, the sidelines. So there might be times where we, we go through it beforehand and say, hey, what do you think? And there's times where you got to get the ball out quick and whatnot. But um, in those situations, like Matt and I have a great relationship on the sideline with con- conversations and everything. I think, you know, in that situation with Brian, it was just a miscommunication of words because that's not what um, I was trying to uh, bring across in that conversation. Quick reminder, Keyshawn, Jabel, and Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Look. We all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk limitations and exclusions apply. Straight to Jay here, a former professional athlete in Chicago that sort of had a story like this to share. Take us inside. Well, Key, first off, I guarantee you the next time Nick Foles sees Brian Greasy when he starts walking his way, he's going to have a beeline and go the opposite way. Like, <laughs> uh, thank you. Not today, though, Brian. Not today. And the only reason I say that is because sometimes, you know, there is that trust there between the media. My rookie year, a couple teammates and I went out the night before a game, went out to a dinner. Shocker. Relaxed a little bit. Every professional athlete does this when you go on the road. A reporter found out that we had went out. He came up to me. He asked me. He's like, hey, Jay. He didn't reference teammates. He just specifically asked me. He said, you know what? Her, you were out last night hanging out until the wee hours of the morning. Is this true? Me, I had built a rapport with him. I was like, you know what? Well, yeah, I had a dinner last night. We were out. Next day, and the media comes out. Jay Williams is not the leader we expected him to be. He's out hanging out. Right? So there was that friction. Now, I had told my coach as a rookie that I wasn't out. I lied. Wrong move on my part. Should have just been honest with him. But still, that seeped into our locker room. There felt like there was an issue there between my coach and myself moving forward about who can trust who about what was going on. And I, I only say that story is because sometimes when these things happen, when you think that you have trust in somebody in the media, you say something, they paraphrase it, they don't quote quote you, and it becomes a bigger article, a bigger story that we're obviously talking about today. They play the Saints if they lose again. Now, all of a sudden, you start finding yourself in a really weird situation if you're Nick Foles. You went from being the savior to all of a sudden, are you the right person for this position? 
Is it the play calling? Is it Matt Nagy? Is it you against your head coach? It just leads to a really weird conundrum moving forward. I would think that Nick Foles said in that interview, we didn't play the entire clip, but they have pre-production meetings. So I would think that the conversation took place in pre-production meetings. And when pre-production meetings, we've all been in them. There's multiple people in the room. It's not like one person in the room that you're having that conversation with. So if Nick Foles said what he said, and I'm sure more than just Brian Greasy would have that to back it up. He did say we when we were talking to him the other day. So The crew. Yes, the crew. The crew. Right. Yeah. So if, if that's the case, then it's more than just Brian Greasy that heard Nick Foles, if Nick Foles explained it that way. I think when you look at it, though, there's, there's all sorts of plays that are called. There's plays that's designed. There's plays that's communicate with before games, during games. Sometimes coaches don't necessarily, uh, you know, necessarily feel – the game out about what the play should be that they're calling at that particular time. Um, I wouldn't think that, you know, based on scouting reports that you get scouting report is basically they're matching plays with what coverages and fronts. They think a team is going to run at that particular junction of the game or that particular part of the field down in distance, all of those sort of things. So they got a wealth of information to help Nick Foles out. The best thing for Nick Foles to do is if there's things that he's not comfortable with is to get out of it, audible out of it, call a timeout, let the coaches know I don't like the play. That way he won't be put in the situation that he was last night. We should quickly mention for those that aren't familiar, and obviously this is something that is us three in the media for a long time, just to open it up to give you the context. Well, I'm not part of the media. (laughs) A pre-production meeting essentially is an opportunity for the analyst, the play-by-play guy, the sideline reporter, the producer, the director, everybody that's integrally involved in the production of the broadcast to talk to the players involved. Sometimes it's not odd for a coach to tell you what some of the early plays that are going to be run as long as you keep those things a secret. It's normally done the day before a game, so the majority of games in the NFL played on a Sunday. The production meeting would happen on a Saturday. In this particular case, the Bears and the Rams on a Monday, so Greasy and Full spoke on Sunday night, and obviously what is forthcoming and what is said in those meetings is a direct reflection on the amount of trust you have between the two parties. If you're Steve Levy and Brian Greasy and Lou Riddick, and you see the Pats or the Seahawks or the Packers or a team that's on Monday Night Football all the time, you gain a higher level of trust and rapport. Again, Paul Feinbaum on the way in three minutes. Big issue in the Big Ten. A huge issue, actually. Our poll question this morning, Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin at KJZ on Twitter. Or 888-SAY-ESPN. It's a simple one. Best team in the NFC. You got plenty of choices. Let's mm. hit the phone lines. Corey in Maryland, you're on ESPN Radio. Who is the best team right now in the NFC? Corey, you with us this morning? Hey, Corey. Come on, Corey. Don't be shy. C-Rat, what's up, man? All right. All right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's drop Corey like Brady dropped Belichick and go to Austin in South Carolina. You're on ESPN Radio. Who? Is the best team in the NFC, Austin? Hey, what's up, guys? What up? Um, it's definitely the Bucks. Um, I I kind of break it down. Forget the stats. Just go go by what you're talking about when you talk about these matchups. When you talk about Seattle, what's the question? If their defense can stop somebody, mm-hmm. you know, the Packers, if they can score enough points. I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers can score, but. As you can see, their defense has been struggling. When you get the Bucks, you know they're going to score. 
you know they're going to stop the run. And this is before Tom Brady even got there. So if I'm putting my money on something, I would rather go with what the guarantee is, not, hey, like with the Packers, if they can stay healthy. You know what I mean? The Bucks have picked up all these pieces because they know, like Keyshawn has said, down when you get to the playoffs, you're not going to be healthy. You're going to lose guys. So why not have former pro bowlers instead of guys off the street as your backups? So for me, it's definitely the Bucks. Good argument, Austin. Key, what do you think? Yeah, I, the Bucks are right there. There's no question about it. I like, I like what they're doing. I like the fact that they went out and got AB. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. Gronk is starting to get his legs underneath him. Looked good last week. Seattle's defense is not great today. It's not great today. But tomorrow, meaning when they get to the playoffs, who knows what that defense does. It may not be lights out, but just good enough. And I go back to Kansas City. Yep. There was a lot of complaints for 14 weeks about Kansas City's defense. And they just won the Super Bowl. And when Steve Spagnuolo, their D.C., had to tighten it up, they indeed tightened it up. We're one minute away from Paul Feinbaum. But first, let's go from A to Z. And from A to Z is brought to you by Dell. Dell Technologies Advisors. Listen to your small business needs so they can provide you with the tailored solutions powered by Intel V Pro platform. Call today, 877-ASK-DELL. World Series Game 6 tonight. Dodgers up 3-2. Seal the deal. Their first world title since 1988. Pre-game coverage, 730 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Dave Roberts understands there's a margin of error, but he's still trying to be aggressive, knowing he doesn't have to have this one tonight, but he sure would love to get it. It's not do or die, but I think that just the mindset is we're going to do everything we can to win um, game six, knowing that we have Walker starting game seven and, um, you know, and Julio as well, as far as kind of pitching. So I think outside of Walker and Julio and, and obviously Clayton, you know, everyone else is in play. Walker Bueller would start game seven if there is one. Key, why will this be over in six? Because it's going to be over in six. That's why. <laughs> it was going to be over in five. <laughs> Co- Coach uh, uh, Skipper said that we don't have to have it. No, we do have to have it. What, we don't need to get to game six. Save Walker's arm for next year. Let's just get it done. Let's not play with it. Let that, no. Let's just finish them off tonight. It just feels At like they're 7.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio Coverage begins. Let's finish it. The Rays just seem like that scrappy team that doesn't want to go away. Nah, you just hating. I'm kind of with no, you. No, I'm Jeff. not hating. I'm just, no, just, just hating. Hating. Because no. no. the Yankees ain't doing nothing, y'all mad. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> One more for you. Speaking of hating, LeBron James might be hating the start of the next NBA season. His teammate Danny Green that said about the King and other veterans, they could sit out the first month of the NBA season if – it were to get going in December, there are various reports out there that December 22nd is where the league is targeting a start date three days before Christmas. A lot of people would love to see the season start then. On the quick restart, this is Green about LeBron and others. To have that quick of a restart, I wouldn't expect to see him there. I wouldn't expect to see him the first month of the season. I just don't expect guys to want to be there or show up willingly. Green said of his teammate on the Ringer NBA show podcast. Jay, your thoughts? Look, I mean, it's a quick turnaround. December 1st is really fast, considering we just got done with the NBA Finals. Yeah, because it's been an an extended year, right? So it's just two-and-a-half-month layoff, but guys are still training, not sure. It's But what about those teams that, like, didn't finish? You know, like the ones that left the bubble 
extremely early Agreed. or didn't get in the bubble. Agreed. I mean, it, it, it's – look, for them, that's fine. But for a guy like LeBron James or the Lakers, you just went through this long season. You probably – you know, going into year 18 of your career, you probably don't want to play that much the first month or month and a half. What's the typical time period between the end of the season to the start of the season? June to October. Oh, Mid-October. Wow. Right. Yeah, that's so good. you finish yeah, in June. Woo. So you have July, August, September. So typically three, three months. months. Yeah, man, I need that. I ain't mad at you, LeBron. Sit out a month, man. We still going to get this chip next year. <laughs> so That's now a, you're going to have essentially a month and a half. Expedited for sure. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including the great Paul Feinbaum, are seconds away on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. I was listening to the conversation between Jay and Key. Jay wins this debate. If you don't beat somebody, it's not a rivalry. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for talking some reason into Misha. Well, anyway, I'm not going to listen to that. Oklahoma took one on the chin against Kansas See, I tried to deflect Paul. He goes right back to college football. He don't want to hear it when he's wrong, Paul. Come on, man. You got to do better than that. Paul, it's a typical Pac-12 performance, right? I'm going to and then right after that, Keyshawn reminded me the show is named Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin in that order. So said, Keyshawn got one back at me even before the Pac-12 gets a win for the season. Let's Another hit. shot at Keyshawn. Well done. But he got the shot back at me on that one. Third of three. As I mentioned, somebody has to bring up the caboose. I'm glad to do it. Let's go to the Shell Pennzoil performance line and welcome in Paul Feinbaum. He's brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It's official college football's back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Paul, I want to start a little bit serious here. Big 10, a little bit different than other leagues. If you test positive as a player, you're out three weeks. There's no buy, so that means three games. That's almost 50% of your season. So here come the Wisconsin Badgers. Their starting quarterback, Jack Cohn, out with a foot injury. So they start the highly touted Graham Mertz Friday. He balls out against Illinois, looks fantastic. He tests positive. And then his backup, Chase Wolf, tests positive. So now Wisconsin heads to Saturday, Halloween game, with the Huskers, with Danny Vandenbloom, their fourth quarterback they might have to play before their second game of the season begins. Paul, what do you make of this? Well, this is what happens when you cancel the season on August 11th, Subin, and then you come back. And the presidents of the Big Ten, which we all know, did not want to have college football this year. They voted 11-3 to against it, but they were forced into it by public opinion, by coaches like Ryan Day and Scott Frost. And ultimately, they said, okay, we'll have it, but this is the way we're going to do it. So they put teeth into the protocol that, that's virtually impossible uh, to overcome. And the one mistake, I think, well, the many mistakes that, that Wisconsin has made here is you're, you're supposed to separate your position groups. You're not supposed to let them all be together. And I, I realize I don't know exactly at what point somebody may have picked up this virus, but uh, they've got serious problems. And uh, this was a team that looked like a legitimate contender, not a serious contender, but maybe uh, an outside contender to, to Ohio State. And it, it would be very difficult to get, a, get by. I mean, I know Ohio State won the national championship five years ago or six years ago with the third-string quarterback, but Wisconsin doesn't have that type of arsenal. Paul, the, the Wisconsin could be down, obviously, to their fourth quarterback and, and uh, Mertz the backup. And, and so when you look at the situation now, could this game against Nebraska get postponed or canceled all? No. Uh, the only way you, you will cancel a game in college football is if you are below, uh, it may vary league to league, but it's usually about 53 scholarship players. 
uh, I think, seven offensive linemen. So losing, losing your, your quarterback, I mean, there, somebody can always play quarterback. So I don't think that's going to be enough. And, and as, as Zubin so correctly told us, and clearly, Key, you were not listening. You were patting yourself on the back for willing the Dodgers to its first national title in, in most people's lives. Not mine, but most. Uh, the, 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 you, the, there's no bye week. So if you cancel a game, uh, you are all, you, you're, you're cutting off uh, uh, your nose to spite your face. Or in your case, that would be an improvement. Okay. Look. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, see, okay, now you're getting ready to get torched okay, in a minute. Because you come swinging, Paul. You're now backing me up into a corner, and I might just come out swinging on you. You better leave me alone right about now. <laughs> Paul, you're on a roll today. All right, I got you. Keep it coming, Paul. So let me ask you, Ohio State played this past weekend, and Justin Fields was just, just marvel, right? What did you make of his performance? Well, Key, uh, it's what we thought. Uh, this is, uh, for those who don't follow this as closely as, as, as some of us, uh, remember Justin Fields started his career in Georgia, didn't get enough playing time, and he bailed out. And uh, he nearly led the Buckeyes to a national championship game appearance last year. Uh, came up just short against uh, the Clemson Tigers. And, and he, he doesn't look like he's missed anything. Uh, he's as good as he was. He's a legitimate Heisman candidate. And and I know Ohio State plays in the biggest game of the weekend uh, at State College this weekend, but if they can get past there, uh, they are really looking strong to make it back to the playoffs. And, and, you know, he's not the only reason, but but he certainly is one of the most important reasons. Paul, outside of Ohio State, uh, who else in the Big Ten has impressed you thus far? Well, uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> Jay, I mean, they, they looked really good. Um, Michigan looked unusually good uh you know we all like to poke fun at Jim Harbaugh nobody more than me but uh you know they went into Minnesota the other night and were dominating and that that surprised me so yeah yeah the 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 most amazing game uh was Indiana uh beating Penn State Penn State was a a legit legitimate team and you know unfortunately James Franklin mismanaged the clock down the stretch uh Indiana got the two-point conversion uh, they could have gone for the tie. They went for the win, and it was just an amazing victory. But I, I, think, it's, I think it's all about Ohio State, Jay. I, I, I really don't think there's going to be another contender out of there. That may be true. Lane Kiffin of Ole Miss was fined $25,000 for a retreat criticizing the SEC officials, Paul, on Monday. But the SEC admitted that they got that particular call wrong, and uh, they didn't necessarily review it the way that they should have, which was very carefully. They didn't do it that way. Why? I don't know. Uh, this is the third or fourth time this has happened, uh, Key, and you know, Auburn won a game against Arkansas that should have gone the other way. Uh, the whistle blew. They didn't review it. And in this case, it was a clear, clear case of, of having to review it. Uh, and, and had they reviewed it, according to what Lane said, uh, Ole Miss would have gotten a touchdown. It wouldn't have guaranteed them a win, but probably would have. And, and it's really too bad. Uh, I, I just wish leagues, regardless of whether the SEC, the, the, the ACC, the Big Ten, when they make a mistake, just say you made a mistake and blew it. I mean, the NFL has been pretty good about that. Other leagues have been pretty good about that. Just, just tell the people you, you got it wrong. That way, the next time it comes up, uh, you'll, you'll have more credibility. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, all leagues just want to hide behind uh, 
these cryptic announcements. And, and, and they still find the guy. I mean, all Lane Kiffin was telling the truth. He wasn't making anything up. Uh, he told the truth. That he, uh, not that the 25000 is going to uh, derail his, his career. I mean, he, he's making $4 million a year. Uh, I mean, guys like Zubin and I, we're not former athletes. 25000 <laughs> would bankrupt us. Uh, Jay and Key, that would be, that's tip money uh, at, at a local bar. But uh, it, it's, it's the, the, the wrong message is sent here. It, let, let somebody, if you're wrong, let, what's wrong with speaking out? Talking about message, what was the message that Coach Jeremy Pruitt sent to the Tennessee Vols faithful by saying that after getting beat down 48 to 17, that the gap is closing with Alabama talent wise? What do you make of that? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't have great eyesight, obviously. I'm, I'm well, that would be right correct. Here, but but, but, I, <laughs> but I, I would strongly recommend uh, Coach Pruitt going to see. Uh, uh, an eye doctor uh, this morning at, at his earliest convenience because he clearly didn't see the game the way I saw it. What, he, what he's trying to say is I, I coached for Alabama three years ago. I'm now the head coach at Tennessee. But you know what? The results are the same. And, and, and Key, you, you've been around programs that are and football teams that are trying to get better, and you hear that nonsense from coaches that the gap's closing, although the scoreboard doesn't show it. The scoreboard is the only thing that matters. Uh, and yeah. and I, I have yet to see a lot of uh, closing. I mean, uh, Tennessee led Georgia at halftime, got blown out in the second half. Kentucky beat them. Kentucky, a team that has already lost to Ole Miss and Missouri. You don't see them in the college football playoff uh, race. They, be- <laughs> Kentucky, uh, <laughs> I mean, beat this team 34-7 to at Neyland Stadium. And, and now Jeremy loses by 31, and he's trying to convince people that the gap is closing. The gap hasn't closed one bit. Yeah, among those Vols faithful, Coach Pruitt was talking to was Paul himself as a Tennessee grad. He you was. Can, you can see him every weekday from 3 to 7 on the SEC Network and on the ESPN Radio app, and also a great opportunity for LASIK to get in here as a sponsor of TJ&Z if they can follow up on Paul's suggestion on the iSide. We'll see you this afternoon. I always tune in, catch the podcast. I'm not tuning in if you don't stop messing with me. <laughs> Paul, we love it. Keep it coming. <laughs> I second Jay. Thank you, I'll Paul. See you later, Key. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Good stuff as always. Again, three o'clock Eastern on the SEC Network for the best college football banter anywhere. Keyshawn Jay Will Zubin presented by Progressive he Insurance. He knows that SEC boy for sure. <laughs> yes, he, knows he does. Forty years down there. Forty years with more than thirty unique coverage options available. Progressive knows small business. Learn more at progressivecommercial.com. Still to come, OBJ's future in Cleveland. If there is one. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. What is real is the real talk between Jay and Key on that. Those comments were made on the air yesterday before we essentially found out that he was going to be out for the year with the torn mm-hmm. ACL. So you got the feelings of the fellas. I want you to get the feelings of Ryan Clark, our ESPN NFL analyst, who's going to join us on the show tomorrow, saying you can have all this talk, all this talk about OBJ, but always remember wide receiver no offense here. Always remember wide receiver is a dependent position and you need to make sure the guy that's throwing you the ball can get you the ball. What have I always said? I said I need 11 other people to do their job for me to get the football. And that, that, that 11th person is the offensive coordinator. We got the 10 minus me and you add that, that's the 11. And you, you, you depend on others to do their job. And one of those 10 others is, in Ryan Clark's opinion, the guy they need to focus on the most, Baker Mayfield. Do I think it's simply because it's without Odell? I do not. But going forward, it seems that with this injury, we will get to watch it. We will get to see Baker Mayfield perform without Odell Beckham Jr. And if he performs better, I believe Odell has to be moved because Baker Mayfield is the number one pick. Baker Mayfield is your franchise. Baker Mayfield is your future. And he wants you to believe in him, Cleveland, not Odell Beckham Jr. Why does OBJ need to be traded in order for them to believe in Baker Mayfield, though? Well, because you because what'll happen what happens in the situation from a quarterback standpoint is he now can play the position so that he delivers the football to everybody else and not to number 13, which is Odell Beckham, on a consistent basis. Baker Mayfield gets into a habit of staring down OBJ because OBJ is that good. That means that Baker Mayfield really believes in him as a receiver. So he winds up staring him down, which ultimately could affect how the offense is run. But the narrative that's trying to be set, like you mentioned uh, a minute ago, Jay, is that people – that are out there in the world that are listening to us, watching us that are Cleveland Brown fans or fans of professional sports in general, they don't necessarily like the attitude of OBJ. So the first thing that they try and say is the reason that the Browns struggle in the passing game or the reason is because Baker Mayfield is having an off day is because OBJ is mad that he didn't get the football or OBJ stares him down or OBJ is pouting or OBJ is this or OBJ is that. And look at his antics on the sideline. It's affecting the quarterback. All of those. But that's what they do. It's such BS. No, but that's what they do. I understand. I've lived it, man. I know. No, I, I'm, 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 I'm no, not saying. I know, yeah, I know but that, that's what they do. That's that just it's easy. That's the easy way out. That's the easiest way out is to be able to blame somebody else. And, and, yes, he wears his emotions on his sleeves, and I love it. I love every damn minute of it. Just so he gets hurt, second play of the game, Baker Mayfield all of a sudden has a good game against the Cincinnati Bengals. He goes off, yeah. He's 5-1 lifetime against the Bengals. Who isn't? Okay. <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> now, will the, it the help? The Bengals do allow 400 yards per game. Yeah. 400 it, yards per game. Is it going to help? Baker Mayfield mature at the quarterback position that he does not have his number one target there. It probably will, and here's how. 
because he won't lock on to him. He's not locking on to him because OBJ is forcing him to. He's locking on to him because he's that good and he depends on him to bail him out. Mm -hmm. Now that he's not there, as you saw in the game against Cincinnati, he had to go through his progressions. He had to go from one to four. He had to do those things or one to three, depending on what's called in the huddle. And he turned out one interception that he threw that he got hurt on, OBJ got hurt on, but he had five touchdowns. He threw for five touchdowns and – 200 and some odd yards, and he was efficient. And and if that helps them become a better passing team, taking OBJ out because he locks on to him, I'm all for it. It's just such a small sample size to make such a huge assessment out of. But, right? but, but like I, know, that I, assessment, I, remember that assessment is not about that assessment is not about his ability on the field. That assessment is about him locking on to him. I understand that. This team is still five and two. They're five and two. Like their two losses came to the Ravens and to the Steelers. The Ravens was the mm-hmm. first game of the year, mm-hmm. and the Steelers. Baker Mayfield was also coming off that rib injury, and it, he was getting beat up by the front seven. It's proven that the Steelers are a team that can actually win the Super Bowl. So, all I'm saying is that I know we're at this point now where it's a big story and how how will Baker play moving forward. But let's just not blow it up and be like, if Baker keeps playing well, now we have to get rid of OBJ. Maybe Baker needs to learn how to manage his progressions with OBJ on the field if he ever gets a chance to get there. No, absolutely. Right? A- a- absolutely, 100%. So how come that can't be the argument, though, Keith? Because that's not the argument. They don't want to <laughs> set it that way, dog. That's not it. <laughs> it's crazy. The argument is OBJ. You know why? He has blonde hair. He's problematic. He kicks He kicks the nets. He's he slams diva. down the helmet. He sits on the water cooler with no shoes. That's sexier. It's a sexy story. If I just say, well, all of a sudden he goes through, he went through his, prog- he went through his progressions with OBJ on the field when they ran through the Cowboys. Exactly. And it wasn't a problem. It wasn't a problem. But because he's not in the lineup and he throws for five touchdowns, it's easy easy to say. It's easy to say. But here's one that I've always said. Even when I – Evan, you'll like this. Even when I left the New York Jets and they traded me. Oh, he's this, he's that. I said, oh, okay, that's fine. You may be able to replace the player's body Mm -hmm. and the number. But you'll never be able to replace what I meant in the locker room into the players on the field. The intangibles. The intangibles. And you may, may be able to replace the statistical numbers, but not the production and when you needed it. And that's the OBJ effect. 20 years later, Certain things. He yells in my ear, 20 years later, we still have it. And that's the truth. Oh, was it on the air? Okay, I didn't know that. And that's the truth, though. And so when you look at OBJ, that's what he brings to the table. Yes. But everybody looks at, again, the blonde hair, the kicking of the net, the slamming of the helmet. The, everybody looks at that, and they try to form this opinion about who that individual person is. And it's wrong, but that's the society that we live in, dog. I mean, even look at what Jarvis Landry posted on IG afterwards. He was like, man, like we ride or die to brothers, right? Like it's – I feel like that's what OBJ is in the locker room. Now, now, maybe him and Baker didn't get on the same page chemistry-wise, but you have to think with the star power that those two have, getting Nick Chubbs back eventually with Kareem Hunt, with Jarvis Landry, with Austin Hooper, like all these pieces, like that seems like a winning equation to me. 
Yeah, it, it is. But here's the here's the pro. Okay, so now you you asked the question a minute ago about why move on from OBJ in the future. Here's why you may think about that is because he's injured. He's not back till 2021 of November, assuming he's healthy. He's not OBJ until 2022 of late spring, which season doesn't start till September 2022. His contract will be up at some point in time, and if he's playing at a certain level, he's going to want his money. Agree, Aki. I and, agree with that. And, and if you move him on as he gets healthy and he shows some promise, and somebody wants to acquire him, they will take on the economic burden, not you as a franchise. I agree with that. Then that needs to be the context. Of but why nobody, you want to why why, move on from him. But that's Not why the context we, of that Baker Mayfield will be better without him. Jason Williams, that's why we have this show. I know. I know. Because Just get animated we, about we it, We can give the information to the listeners and the viewers, the real information, and not some made-up narrative about who OBJ is versus who Baker Mayfield can become. It's a small sample size, but life without him for a long period of time is about to begin. Again, the Raiders are coming into Cleveland on Sunday. Still, (laughs) The Las Vegas Raiders. Still to come, we've identified 11 NFL head coaches, four of whom have won a Super Bowl. But there are seven others that never have, but they've got Super Bowl-worthy teams. Is your favorite coach on the list, and can he get over the top? Real or not real, Super Bowl aspirations. Mm. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here we go. Real or not real? We do it every week. This week's real or not real category. Coaches that can win the Super Bowl. Mm. Let's start with four that have already done it. But this year, key, real or not real Super Bowl coaches. Let's start with Pete Carroll. Absolutely real. They just got to shore up that defense. And I think they will. Ken Norton Jr., who's running the defense over there as a defensive coordinator, along with Pete Carroll, can certainly turn things around for the defense as the season wears on. Things change. The weather change. Just they, They're not going to be able to throw the ball on them quite as much. The key for them is to be able to have some home games during the playoffs. Super Bowl champion Mike Tomlin. 
real or not real this year. Mike Tomlin is one of the top four or five coaches in the National Football League. I mean, when, when you look at his team and you also look at it from a Jay Will standpoint, where a Jay Will from the standpoint of Ben Roethlisberger's back, they've discovered Chase Claypool, they're running the ball at times effective. Juju Smith Schuster gets involved, the defense is there. Why can't they? Real. Simple as that. That's all I got. I've John, been telling you they're real from the first time I saw him play against the Giants. Pete Carroll looking for a second. Mike Tomlin looking for a second. John Harbaugh looking for a second. You know, he is a real football coach. I don't know that they can win the Super Bowl this year, though. I don't, I don't think that they can. I think that when you look at their struggles on offense, they haven't run the ball nearly as well from the running back position as they did a year ago. Lamar Jackson still dominant. The defense is still solid and sound. They obviously just uh, – just traded for, uh, how can I say the name correct? Yannick, Yannick and, Ga- and Gatway. Yannick and Gakway. I think I got it wrong, but that's okay. Yannick. Yannick, that's Yannick. right. Yannick <laughs> and Gakway because he changed on us in the middle of the season. Thank you. Um, it's, a, it's a plus for them to get some pass rush, to get Matt Judon off the edge. It helps them out a lot. But I just don't think when they go up against some of those other opponents in the AFC that could push the ball down the field like the Kansas City Chiefs, this could spell trouble for Baltimore. Yeah, I would say not real. It seems like KC has their number. Sean Payton looking for a second. I think he can. I think he can. It's important for them to get Michael Thomas back in the lineup and healthy to 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 have that comfort level with Drew Brees. Now, without without Michael Thomas in the lineup, they kind of been sputtering along, so to speak, not on the highway going full speed. I think once Michael gets back into the lineup along with Emmanuel Sanders and they kind of get their whole cast of characters together at once, this team can certainly make a run to the Super Bowl and win it again. Can you give us the latest update on Michael Thomas? No? I cannot help you about my nephew, given the fact that you work in the media, and Mm. I am not telling anything that I know to anyone in the media about my family. Thank you. Understood. Understood. Anything on Peyton? No, I'm with him. (laughs) Totally with him. All right, let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. First-year NFL head coach, first-year Browns coach, Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski's on his way, not this year, though. He's on his way, but not this year. They may make a nice little wild card playoff run, but in the end, that's not enough. Um, I think he's going to be a, a good head coach in this league for a very long time once they figure out that they can live with and without OBJ on the offensive side of the ball, get Baker Mayfield to start to play quarterback, get him to start to play it at a level where there's no excuses, and they'll be a good football team, but no, nah, not this year. Not real. Not this year. Soon. But not this year. Sean McVay looking for his second trip, but first Super Bowl championship. It's interesting because in that division, the NFC West, there's four teams right now. There's the San Francisco 49ers that appeared in the Super Bowl a year ago. There's Seattle. Then there's the emergence of Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, who made an appearance in my top seven, so to speak, uh, this week. It, and then when you look at the Rams, the Rams have been plucking along. There was a disappointing loss, obviously, to San Francisco 49ers. They had a long trip back from New York to L.A., back to New York to play the Buffalo Bills a couple weeks ago. They kind of laid an egg, I thought, against the Bills when they could have won that game very easily. I like their chances. I think if they could somehow win the division, get a home playoff game, then they will, too, be one of my Super Bowl favorites as time goes on. I'm just not sure yet. I, I have to see Jared Goff play at a high level and sustain that. I know what their defense is. He's the question mark for me. From one Sean to another, McVay to McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. No, I don't think the Buffalo Bills at all. I think 
They've lost a couple games here recently that made me scratch my head, and they struggled, obviously, against the New York Jets this past Sunday, and the Jets don't have anybody that you should struggle against. I mean, they're, they're like, seriously. And so when you struggle against them and barely ink out a win, it, be, it makes me wonder what type of football team you are. I know Josh Allen has played well at times. This year the defense has played well at times. So they're a wild-card-type playoff team that's fighting with the New England Patriots to win the division. Uh, I think the only way they get in the playoffs is if they win the division. So that's about as far as I can have them go. I actually have them losing to the Pats on Sunday, and if that's the case, they would have lost their last three or four games. Let's, Not real this year. Sorry. Let's go quick, just yes, no, to get all the teams in. A pair of no. Nags. Nagy? Nagy? No. no. LaFleur, Packers. Yes. Yes. Vrabel, Titans. Nah. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. And the last one, Tom Brady said Coach Bruce Arians. Yes. Yes. Because the first name that you mentioned before you mentioned Bruce Arians, <laughs> you mentioned Tom Brady. Tom Brady, who may be the coach and or the general manager, depending, depending on, on who you, who you ask, right? <laughs> Key, you don't think the Titans can do it? No, Real quick, I, don't. I mean, depending upon matchups. No, they're, they're a lot like Baltimore. They play defense, they run the ball, but if they fall too far behind, do I really, really, in, in the playoffs, not in the regular season, believe in Ryan Tannehill to answer the bell? I mean, I don't. Got them pretty far last year. One game Did from you the see Super when Bowl. he had to throw the ball? I, I hear you. I Did hear you see when he had I to throw the ball you. in the playoffs? I hear you. Just yeah, saying. okay. Who's the best team in the NFC? Key J and Z on Twitter. Your response is next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.